Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Made a decision. I'll face the sunny side head on. I had a vision of what it might be like to reach Hey, everybody. Welcome to F-C-O-L. It's Thursday. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for that. <laughs> It's our Thursday show. We have a guest. Um, we are super excited to present to you, first time on our show, post-new baby, Mr. Patrick Hickey of Bad TV and also of This Is Your House. And that, <laughs> great to be here. I feel like I live here. I, you, yes, it sure <laughs> seems that's, that's that way. often you guys Make have Make yourself me. at home. Thank you. Caitlin, I'm sorry. Do you mind turning up my head, headphones yeah. a little bit? Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It feels like uh, coming back in a, the garage. Yeah, coming out of uh, the fog of war. Of uh, <laughs> okay, so your new baby, his name is Quentin, mm-hmm. and how old is he now? He will two be, weeks. He'll be two weeks tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> okay, I am dying to know. Like, how are you holding up? How is Cherie holding up? What's happening? Give us all the details. Okay, <laughs> I. This has been a journey for three years trying to make a second kid. Right. And um, my, just so you know, whatever I'm going to say here, I have permission from, from my wife, Sheree, to talk about two miscarriages in one embryo that didn't work. She has been on progesterone basically for two and a half years, which if the listeners know, that oh is my a God. crazy making. Crazy I making. I felt bad for her. She couldn't control her weight. Um, and that caused, you know, she just... She was bummed for the last two and a half years. Uh, she hasn't had a drop of alcohol. She likes to drink wine um, and not, she hasn't been able to do that. And so, um, yeah, it's just been a change of life, but it's been a journey. And just, you know, you'd get, I think the, the last miscarriage was we got to six weeks and you just get that news and you're just mm. like, so with this one, I was just every day just waiting for the phone call that uh, <laughs> that was going to happen. But sorry, on a more positive note, Yes, the pregnancy was great. Quentin was born, healthy baby boy, uh, 10 fingers, 10 toes. Um, yeah, he just came out great. And it, this pregnancy and this birth was way less insane than the first one. I, and, I, and I don't know if that's because the first time you go through it, it's all new to you. So it's just so it just is it freaked me the hell out, freaked my wife out. This time we kind of had it down. So it was just uh, you show up at the hospital. We sleep there overnight. I wonder if this was the same kind of is this how it worked for you guys? You show up about 12 hours before they're mm-hmm. going to start inducing and doing the well, I'm an idiot. What do they Not call that? Not for me. No. They, they, so she just she did had a vaginal birth. Yes. Oh, you had a cesarean. They had a C-section. Yeah. I literally showed up at the hospital a couple of hours before and then they prepped me first. Well, the second one was an emergency, but. I I was I I left from my high risk doctor across the street. Go in epidural well, spinal mm-hmm. for me, and then have the baby. And then John showed had to show up and meet me there. So it was a little different, but okay. yeah, I was not there the night before. I didn't do the, anything. So I had a C section, but we weren't planning on a C section. I mean, it ended up being planned, but it was like 
18 hours later and so yeah. what prompted that for both of you like obviously just it's go time now come to the hospital it, it, it's- you know we actually scheduled an induction because i wanted my doctor to deliver my baby and he was going to be out of town so we scheduled it and but i never dilated apparently i had scar tissue on my cervix and they said you're never going to dilate what mm-hmm. even after the induction i mean it and I don't know if anyone's ever had their their cervix checked and it's not dilating, but it really hurts. And yeah, so I they finally decided we should do a C-section. So it was planned in that way, but it wasn't planned when we went in. So, wow. but overnight, but Wade was not um, going to spend the night. He's like, okay, so this seems like it's going long. Are you, <laughs> are you okay if I just hop back home and sleep in bed? I'm like, whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I asked my mom recently, she was out here about three weeks ago. I said, Hey mom, where was dad? <laughs> she said he was at a bar uh, across the street from the hospital. Not at all. <laughs> he didn't even show up. I think he picked her up at the, uh, outside of the hospital to go home with me. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> so why did you have your, John didn't no. sleep. Uh, so I had had previous surgery, um, to get, to remove fibroids, TMI, but um, my doctor had told me you cannot have you you have to have a C-section because you you could perforate your you could perforate if you go into labor. So you have to have a C-section. You have to plan it before you would possibly go into labor. So like two weeks before, or at least a week before, first one. So did that, and then after you have a C-section, it's well, I wouldn't have tried to have a natural birth, whatever you call it, afterwards anyway. Um, and then, but with the twins, Sadie was small and I was being checked constantly. I was having ultrasounds like every week and they were tr- watching for a negative blood flow with her. Cause I also had scar tissue mm-hmm. where she, where she was implanted and the, the placenta wasn't working correctly and the cord was too short and it wasn't a good area for her. Xander was fine. He was getting fat and and big, (laughs) but she wasn't. So then I was in the hospital on bed rest. Then they sent me home for Thanksgiving because they were born on November 26th. They sent me home for Thanksgiving. And then I had to go in the next day to get just checked, like a stress test, they call it. Mm -hmm. They did the stress test and then they basically didn't like what they saw called my doctor. And then she was like, Nope, send her over to the hospital and we're taking, we're going now. How long after that were the kids born? Like an hour. I mean, how far along were you? I was 33 weeks. Okay. It was early. Oh, that is early. Yeah. Wow. Then they were in the NICU. Xander was only in the NICU for like two weeks. So he was fine. He came home at, he was born four pounds, but Sadie was only two pounds. And then she stayed small. So she was in the NICU for a month. Wow. Yeah. How did that work? Would you, did you go home and then you just constantly be visiting the hospital? So LB had just started preschool. So that was like a whole, and it was now it's around the holidays. So there's like holiday show. There's Mm -hmm. like a Thanksgiving show and it was really, really hard. So I had this preschooler. So I would take her to, once I got home after I'd been in the hospital healing, I would go, I would take LB to school then I would go to the hospital and John wasn't taking time off of work because he decided that he was going to take a little time off when the babies came home because mm-hmm. they're in the hospital. What can he do that really? Right. Oh, so they were both in the NICU. They were both in the NICU oh, okay. for the first couple of weeks. And then, 
So I would just go to the hospital, take scrub in. I don't know if either of you guys have done dealt with the NICU. Uh, oh, no. With my father, mm-hmm. they made me put on a hazmat suit when he was passing. It was this whole process. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to like, yes, scrub. You scrub in, you basically can't touch anything. And then they put like a thing on a, a gown on you that, yeah. And then I could look at Sadie in her little isolate, but I could hold Xander and like, you know, hold him. But sometimes they'd be asleep and the nurses would be like, don't wake them up. Like they mm-hmm. need to be sleeping. So I'd come in, I'd spend like a couple hours. I mean, what are you going to do? I'd get yeah. super bored. I'd like stare at them and then be like, <laughs> all right, peace out. <laughs> and then I'd call at night and be like, how are they doing? It was really, it was tough because then I had a preschooler. Yeah. I'd pick her up at preschool, bring her home, you know. And then there's that whole thing with bringing home new babies to, right. to an existing We kid. brought LB to meet the babies in the NICU once and like, yeah, she did pretty good. And then when we got Sadie home, I had a nanny started and helped us. And then I had a little more. And then, no, maybe we had Sadie alone. I mean, Xander alone. And then the day Sadie, however it worked, we had some help. Yeah, definitely. It made it a little better. So how was your homecoming? Yeah, tell us everything. So so you planned it. So it was, the date was planned. Not only that, but Elliot was starting school the day before. So we also have help. So the, uh, she gets, she goes to school from nine to three Gets picked up at three from our nanny, uh, Lupita, and Lupita stays till seven. Okay. So we had all that planned out. Um, and so that worked until we shared off mic off mic before we started. Uh, the school that Elliot goes to has had plumbing issues. So uh, basically, since we've gotten home, it's it's a coin toss whether or not the school's going to oh be open gosh. on any given day, which Shree was going to be home anyway. But all right, so I got to give this to my wife. Uh, one before the baby was born, she was, I, I assume every woman is going through immense pain. My wife was crying out like I've never seen her. And she asked the nurse, who was great, can I have something? And the nurse explained, if we give you something, you're going to get comfortable and you won't dilate, fully mm-hmm. dilate. So it's a scale from one to 10. She was stuck at nine for about eight hours. She goes, if I give you this, you could be stuck at nine for another 12. Or you could just push through. And my wife pushed through because wow. she just wanted it done. Um, so we get home. So we brought him home two weeks wait, ago. So no, she didn't epidural, but she had to wait, but to she get had the to epidural wait for until it. She was in pain. No, she had the epidural, but she wanted more because, um, oh. yeah, she was not, not feeling. So was great. it not working? Yeah. That's what she was saying. That's what she was saying. And I've never seen my wife's tough. And she, they wouldn't give her more. Mm-mm, they said it. Yeah. It would, it would prevent you from dil- dilating. Wow. Yeah, so she, you know, she pushed through literally, and uh, and the baby was born. And um, the crazy thing, born on Tuesday, on Friday, I think she went back to work with the baby in the back of the car. She works for a very famous baseball player whose wife is a wonderful person, but she had a charity thing for Saturday, so my wife had to show up to a public unit, uh, like storage unit, to get a bunch of stuff like baseballs and stuff. Uh, to pick up to what? ship no. to where this charity event. I went with her to help her carry everything out, and then she had to go. You know, yeah. But my wife, I. Oh was, my gosh! And then Saturday we threw a party. We had a pool party here with friends over, and because last time when the baby was born, when Elliot was born, we were leaving the hospital as hazmat suits were coming in. It was the middle of March. The city. We woke up from oh gosh, the fog of the having a new. Oh right. Uh, we got her home. 
uh, I started seeing on the news that they might not shut down an NBA game that night and not have it live. And I was like, what's going on here? You know, just cause that week leading up to pregnancy, you're just, you're in your own world, your own bubble. And they just shut everything down. So then it was just Sheree and I, uh, and the baby. And we used to just come in this room where the studio is now. It had just been converted because they did a movie here. My buddy filmed a movie here. This was just a garage. And I said, you can film your entire movie at my house, uh, but you got to make the garage into like a studio. So, and then guess what? what? That movie, this kind of macabre, that movie was the second to last movie. You know, the woman that Alec Baldwin killed yes. by accident or whatever. <gasps> yes. I spent two weeks with her. Oh my God. In this room. Like, uh, there's probably like three scenes from the movie called blind fire. It's about a, um, uh, a police shooting, a bad police shooting. And, uh, it's got some twists and turns to it. It's, it's a decent movie. And, uh, she was here filming and I just remember being a really nice person. How did I get on this little tangent? Sorry. Oh, the studio that we're in spending so, <laughs> time in here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, my wife and I, we were just in here, and that was when Tiger King debuted. So I remember us kind of binging that with yes. Elliot sitting um, on our lap. But with so it just took forever, my point, to get back to some level of normacy with people and friends. Obviously, during COVID, you know, we understood all the guidelines and such, but it was this time we said, let's do the exact opposite. Of that. <laughs> let's, I mean, we took uh, the kids to the aquarium of the Pacific yesterday or we didn't because we couldn't get in. I'm going to yell at you later. <laughs> I'm going to yell what at happened? you later. What took happened? an hour and a half to drive down there. We have, we have Quentin, we have Elliot a whole way down. She can't wait to see the fishies. Yeah. I get down there at one o'clock. We walk up to the thing and they said the next reservation is four 30. <gasps> you have to have a reservation. Yeah. What? I wanted to pay her off. I go, hey, I'll slip oh, you a 50. No. Yeah. So, but anyway, so we didn't get in. We uh, rented one of those whale watching boat things, but Quentin okay. got to go on a boat less than two weeks old. So the point is trying to get back to real life and just kind of, you know, we did a renovation here. We did just getting our careers on track, having the two kids. And now it finally feels like we got to where we need to be. Let's start living life and not be stressed out about things. Um. Can I talk a little smack about some family that which people might oh, relate yeah. to? Please, yes. please. Okay. What's that? Why don't you take a break? Oh, first? let's oh. take a quick break first. Bring it. Okay. So I love my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, I moved out to Los Angeles over 20 years ago. I don't have any relatives out here. My family is my friends and, uh, I have my family back home. I love my mom, my stepdad, and I have two brothers, which I have, you know, I like them. I think they like me, but I don't have family out here. So when I met my wife, um, immediately I was kind of, uh, in, what do you call it? Induct, how do you integrate it into their family? Mm-hmm. Her mom was great, Tanya. Um, her mom had remarried to a guy named John, real nice guy. And then her dad is Ruby. Uh, real fun guy. They welcomed me in. No like weirdness because I had been dating girls in the past and like I'd meet the parents and like dad's kind of a, a dick to me because he's trying mm-hmm. to film me or whatever. <laughs> they didn't have any of that. Maybe they sensed that I had really good intentions. Maybe they just want to get rid of their daughter. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so my overdue. mom was just like, yeah, t- take her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're in love. Great. Bye. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I was excited because I had two older brothers when I was a kid. My, um, I have an uh, a brother, Mark, who's 11 years older than me, and my brother, Dwayne, is almost 13 older than me. Wow. So as a kid, and they're half-brothers, too. So as a kid, they were already doing their own thing. 
And uh, my dad took off when I was like two. So it was me with my grandmother. So these no, are, your mom got remarried? Yeah, four times. Oh. I love my mom. It was this crazy 70s and 80s. This. Yeah. Crazy. My father was married three, four times. It, it would be like, I want to My go- mom was wife number three, and she was really young. And she was third wife. Can you imagine being, she was 20, she was 19 when she married him. She oh, met him at wow. 17, married him at 19, and she was already wife number three. Well, that is a fucking red flag. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's, I want to talk to everybody again. from the 70s and 80s. What the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> you could have just dated, <laughs> just mm-hmm. live with each other. Right. I guess they'd probably argue there was a stigma still back then about that, but. Um, I know, but not a stigma about being married four times. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good point. Um, so the brothers were from your fr- shared a mom or shared a dad? Oh, oof, we want to go deep. So my brother, Dwayne, who's the oldest, he never knew who his dad was. Okay. So I made the mistake of for his 60th birthday last year, I got him a 23 and me. Uh-oh. And he oh. found out who his dad <gasps> was. And he also found out he has a sister that lives in the same town that he's probably passed by oh, 50 wow. times in our small town. His entire life, never knowing the two of them. And they're six months apart. And they finally reconnected. And now they're, see, isn't that great? 23 and me. Wow. Can also ruin lives. I mean, is that a good thing? So this Mom's your pretty mom, pissed about it. But he came from your mom? <laughs> What's that? She, he's from your mom? Yes. Same mom? So your mom didn't know who his dad was? or just We, th- we think she knew. I think, I try not to ask too many questions to upset my mom at a kind of late stage in her life. Um, but if you asked her, she'd say she wanted to protect him because he was a drug addict. Okay. Crazy enough though, he outlived Mark and my dad's life. He died in 2016. So we, he did some digging. He was a musician, a drummer in a band where my mom was a cocktail waitress mm. in the oh. late sixties or mid sixties. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so then she had another son, Mark, a couple years later, yep. two years later, and then with a different another guy another guy okay and then later another like 11 years later by the the way you want to talk about little kids and mean shit that we'd say to each other my next door neighbors (laughs) michelle and donna whenever we'd get in a fight when we were six i remember i remember them going your mother's a whore (gasps) oh my god kids are assholes well they got it from their parents obviously that's right right. (laughs) oh my god oh god the 70s and 80s so yeah mark and then uh and then me i came uh i came in 1974 with peter hickey my dad who then proceeded to move to arizona and uh (laughs) move yeah (laughs) yeah it's crazy you learn you learn from those things like i i never want to be a parent like that i can't understand why i i guess Sometimes, God, I've tried to understand this. Like that was a different time. And my mom had told me, you know, when we've talked about this, that it's like, it was a different time. Our parents weren't there for us. So we didn't understand, you know, and I was like, well, okay. Hmm. You, know, you have a tough go to right stuff with your mom. Yeah. 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 So you and your mom, not close. Oh no, we are. Okay. So mom was kind of checked out my entire I sound like a whiny. She sounds in therapy. great. <laughs> I'll tell you what. She was she was young, and then she had kids, and I think she wanted to live her thirties. And then my grandmother was there, so I basically would go to school, hang out with Grammy, and my mom and I actually connected in my early twenties. And you know that's been now you know thirty some odd years, and they've we've had a great relationship since then. 
and she's copped to some of it. She's copped to, you know, not being there enough and not enough hugs and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, I just, and I don't, my brother Dwayne can't stand her. So they, and he's had a lot of therapy too, which then brings about when he starts learning these things, you've not understood how to process them, how you should feel about things. Now he's gone full on on my mother at her late age. And I, I told him, I said, you know, she's, mom's 80, Dwayne. Like, I, I, I just don't think that you should be beating her up right now. I, I think kind of let it go. Yeah, what good is it going to do? I just, yeah, maybe for him, but maybe he'd feel bad later on. I think it just, I mean, you don't have to be best friends, but maybe, you know, say happy Mother's Day or I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Hmm. But that's not going to happen to, you know, us. Um, so that's that's my big my big thing is I, I want to right the wrong and be a, a really good dad. But now with Shuri's parents, yes. you were like, this is great. I'm in, I'm integrated into the family. With the family. Right. And so I love my father-in-law. I love my father and step-law, I guess. I love my mother-in-law. And when Shri and I were just dating, we were kind of hanging out, you know? And by the way, uh, the, despite the fact that my wife's parents are divorced, they're on good terms. So we'd have Thanksgiving with each other. Oh, that's nice. Um, and Christmas and all those other things. So when the when the when Elliot came along, I was I assumed that that would continue and that we'd have a family structure, you know, because otherwise it's just Shri and I, really. Um, so this some odd things that happened. Again, I asked my wife if I could talk about this. I'm not talking out of turn here. She won't have a problem with me sharing this. She has had therapy, and I don't know if having kids brought about this. She didn't tell me she let it slip, like saying something under her breath about six months ago, we were watching something. We were watching like a better help ad, by the way, get better help. It's great. And (laughs) she said something under her breath about therapy. And I said, you're going to therapy. And she said, yeah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't tell me you're going, I'm your husband. You didn't tell me. And I just felt left out. And then she had explained, she was going to therapy for issues with her father who they had had little fights back and forth over the years where they wouldn't talk for two months. And it would be something stupid. Like they went out to a restaurant and he was irritating the waiter, asking them for too much water or just some little things. And I'd be like, this is such a weird thing that you guys are fighting about. So dad, uh, Ruby used to come here and help out with Elliot, especially when we'd want to do something on the weekends and whatnot. But at some point, Cherie is going to therapy and she confronts him about some, some things that he did um, during her childhood. And by the way, I think naturally the audience might go to some kind of, not what that it's it basically being cheating on the mom and things like that, that kind of destroyed their family. So she starts confronting him about that and he does not like it. Hmm. And he's not ready to receive that. And I think he doesn't understand where the hell it's coming from because now, you know, my wife's 35 and he's almost 60. They've never talked about it. And now he's taking this in. And I try to explain to Shri that I don't think he saw this coming and this is confusing for him. And he's of a different generation where I think it's going to take him a little bit more time to understand why you need answers to these questions. Right? So he won't um, receive it. So, we haven't seen him in eight months because they had a falling oh, out. Wow. So he's out of the picture. So I've tried to maintain a relationship with him through texting and photos and we miss you and Father's Day and things like that. Um, because and is I, Sheree okay with that? Uh, she, will, she doesn't want me to go too far with it because she doesn't want him around. 
And so I'm in this difficult position where I don't have a problem with the guy. He didn't raise me. It's been a party with him. He's right. like, you know, um, that's such a touchy subject, though, you know, because I kind of did the same thing with my husband's mom because I thought she's your mom. It's your mom. And then I don't know. I regretted. It's one of my few regrets in our marriage that I pushed that. You pushed for them to reconnect? For them to stay connected and um I don't think it's a relationship that needed nurturing. So I don't, there's a balance and, and I'm not saying that's the case with her father, but um, it's just, it's a really delicate boundary, which I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you and Sheree have talked about. Yeah. I'm trying to respect her, um, her boundaries with that, especially when she was pregnant mm-hmm. because you know, just the danger of her possibly getting so upset that something, so I didn't even really bring it up during, especially the, later part of the pregnancy, it was just like, I am not even going to bring this up, you know, but I, I do miss him. And Elliot constantly mentions him uh, because he yeah. was such a big part of her, you know, uh, you know, early stages. So then we are like, all right, how about your mother and your father-in-law? And cause they're the last two pieces, members of the family that we have. And, uh, Tanya is not getting along with her husband and they're selling their house. So we have not seen them in four months. And so where do they live? Um, a little North of Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. So I'm thinking they're going to be up here just excited to see the Mm -hmm. baby boy. And so she got on the phone with me, uh, the day after Quentin was born and she was crying and saying, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I couldn't make it up there. You know, we were doing a showing of the house the next day or whatever. And I'm like, oh. was she supposed to come like for the birth? Like yeah. be at the hospital? Oh, so, and by the way, we haven't seen them in three months before this. So they've been gone. Right. So, uh, and was Cherie really disappointed that her mom didn't come? Yeah. Yeah. Cause oh. it's just her and I, and we have no help aside from our, uh, you know, Lupita, right. Paid who's help. now a family member, but we don't have any help. So if like this, the school's not going to be there tomorrow, that means one of us, or we'll probably take shifts. She'll do the first half of the day. I'll do the second half. We, we can't go to work. And it just, it just messes with you, especially when you're trying to get back into the, you know, back into the normacy of your schedule routine. And so this is what really pissed me off yesterday. I actually, I've never said anything bad to my mom. Uh, I've never spoken bad. She's always been really nice and respectful of me. So all week, she's saying she's going to come up on Sunday. That being, what is that, yesterday? Yeah. So, and Elliot's getting excited. You know, she's three and a half. And uh, and I start, I hear my mother, I'm uh, sorry, my wife on the phone with her mother at like 10 a.m. And she's looking at me, giving me that look mm-hmm. like there's some bullshit going on here. And her mother's like, um, call John, who's her husband. Uh, he's out at Stater Brothers picking something up, but we're not, you know, he he wants to stay home at the uh, open house because he doesn't trust people being in our house when they're doing a showing. So can you convince him to come up? And I'm just like, what is this bullshit? By the way, real estate agents love it when oh, you're they, oh, yeah. during a showing, really, not trusting. Really buyers love it when oh, the yeah. homeowners oh, are there. Especially when you're sitting in a oh, room. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my wife does call him. I'm like, what? the fuck are you calling him? Don't play this game. Tell your mom, are you coming up or not? Does the mom drive? Yes. So we got that. I was nervous because her mom's 60 and she's had some health problems. So we had verified. Her mom's 60? 60. Her mom's my age. Yeah. I was going to say like me in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I old, always say you know, Tom Cruise old, just really jumped old, off like a worried, fucking motorcycle. Like worried He's about them driving. Like like I can can you imagine somebody being like, oh, Stephanie's driving is. Well, I can't imagine that okay? actually. Well, you, yeah, <laughs> with my anxiety. But yeah, okay. So I'm like, what the fuck? So then she asks her mom, "Are you coming up or not?" And then she says, "Well, let me call you back." And she's like whispering or something. And then she calls back and she's like, "I'm I'm sorry, we we're gonna stay here because I have to watch John." Okay. I have to. So watch John has John? to watch the realtor, and, and she has to watch, watch John, John and make sure he doesn't okay. do anything stupid. This who, is all bullshit. Who watches her? <laughs> the real real estate agent get oh, out of here oh my god so she's not coming and then probably around so then that's yeah, when we why go- doesn't she just come alone exactly why these are not answers that i have this is all confusing to me and i uh, and i just i get mad because i'm like what game are we playing do you not want to drive up here is this a hassle do you not really care and it's 45 minutes yeah I, Jesus. Does Cherie, fucking family. Let me ask you this. Does Cherie have siblings? No. So Cherie's the only child. So these, this, is, this is their second grandchild. Mm-hmm. And they're not that interested. And not only that, there was kind of a statement made that because the house isn't sold and there's a lot going on, there's no, they can't even put a visit on the calendar. Right. So now it's in limbo. Yes. So now you have my wife and I with two kids and no school and trying to figure out. And by the way, we want to see them. And Elliot wants, you know, she calls him Mima and Pop, Mimi and Papa John. And that's all she said yesterday. And then we had to pull an audible and go, let's go to the aquarium of the Pacific. So we put a, oh, no. a two week old and a three and a half year old in a car seat for an hour and a half ride down to Long Beach just to get out of the house and figure out what mm-hmm. we're going to do. Because you guys know, and a lot of you listeners as parents, Saturdays and Sundays, especially when the kids are young, is how the fuck do I burn? Uh-huh. Through oh my god, the, the entire worst. day, right? Yep, and so that's your mission. Work, Lynette first told me this when we were in Vegas like five years ago. I'd never thought of this. She said Saturdays and Sundays are the work, uh, totally. Oh, I would be so resentful of three day weekends. Oh my god, like when Martin there's... Luther King uh, could oh, Labor Day next weekend, fuck himself. I was just like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? A Monday that I, have I know, to, like, I remember have thinking, all of my kids, remember when days off. Like I looked forward to them. Right. Not uh, right. Oh, no, not with young kids. You're like, oh, oh my so God, hard. it's a whole day of like, how many trips to the dollar store can you do? <laughs> we do that. The Let's park, take another walk. Like Let's the, take another walk. Park. You can't only go to the park for like, I mean, two, the park has an expiration. That's like two hours. Yes. Tops. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kaylin, you know what we're talking about. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah you're did, in it. Yeah. We did a lot of the park, um, last year. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. We went. We're, we're close to the beach, so we can always just oh, pop over nice. to the beach. So that's very helpful. Yeah, the beach is hard though. That's a haul I, and a half. That scared me. I went to Paradise Cove when my mom was here before the before Quentin was born, and Elliot wanted to jump in the ocean. She runs right up, and that tide just put, I put a floaty on or whatever. But and she's a suicide machine. So I'm like, <laughs> you just got to watch her like a hawk, and and then now you're a lifeguard, right? Mm-hmm, and you're right. worried. So. Yeah, unpaid. You know, it's all unpaid. You're like, you know, it's so interesting that when I have help, I have to pay that person like a lot of money, <laughs> but I do this exact same job for free. Yeah. Like I could be making so much money watching my own kid. You know what I'm right. saying? But it's like, we have to do it for the pleasure of it. Whereas people get paid a lot of money to entertain the kids all day. Yes. I remember those. What you should weekends. do is just like recruit a few neighborhood kids because you're doing it anyway. So you would get paid. 
right? right? Just some you're random right. babies. You're right. <laughs> I remember, I, I mean, I probably told this story on the podcast before, but when LB was, were the twins little? Maybe I just had LB and she was little and um, something was wrong with John. He had to go get a test. He, there was blood in his urine. Remember the story? Mm-hmm, I do. Called a hema hematuria or something. Anyway, it but somehow he had had some test and it was like you need to go get a a CT scan or whatever immediately. And I was freaking out. Like I fully thought he had cancer and somehow I needed some I needed somebody to watch Elby for like an hour so I could take him to the place. And there was just nobody cuz I guess at that point my mom I don't know if that was no, my mom was just so unhelpful when I had a little kid. I mean, it was the biggest imposition on her. If I asked her to come see LB, if I babysitting was just like her whole thing was, yeah, I'll watch LB for you, but it has to be at my house. She lived in West Hollywood. (laughs) So I'd have to bring all the stuff. Like I'd have to drive over the hill to West Hollywood, leave her there with a pack and play and like all her stuff. Cause my mom didn't have anything. And not only that people that don't have children, Houses need to be kid safe, too. Uh-huh. Right. You know, there's patios, there's swimming pools, there's, yeah. But this was even when LB was a baby at this point. My mom was not interested in, like, I was like, but could you just come to my house so she could sleep in her crib? You know, and my mom was like, no, this is just inconvenient. So if you want us to watch her, I had to drive there. And then I left the, her there. And then we, I had to go back over the hill because it was, this is when I went to the Emmys with John. Daytime Emmys, don't get excited. But, um, <laughs> no celebs. Untelevised. We and then we, so I got dressed up, drove in the like it was hot, drove down there. My mom watched the baby, went to the Emmys, drove all the way back over the hill, picked up the baby, even though she was asleep, had to transfer her out of the pack and play, pack up all her shit, put her in the car seat, drive home. And then transfer her back into her crib. And I'm sure she didn't go right back to sleep. Rather than my mom just driving over, who who had nothing to do, by the way. No other grandkids, like nothing on her schedule. She just didn't feel like it. So I know like that feeling of feeling like you have no help. And the time that John had to go for this test, I remember begging and literally begging a neighbor who had a kid. So this was Elby's a little older, Elby's age. And she was like, yeah, I was planning on taking my kid to like whatever some indoor play place, and I was like, "Could you take LB too? Take LB with like, her? No, I'm sorry." Ugh. So she so said I had no. to drag LB. I don't remember how I did it, but I just remember that feeling of just like, "Oh my god, I have no one, I have uh, no oof. backup plan. It's just me, mm-hmm. just us." Like, and if something's wrong with John, is mom still with us? Mine, yeah. Uh, she is alive and well. I have not spoken to her. I, last time I spoke to her was when LB was two. Oh, wow. Okay. Oof. Doing the math on that. So All LB right. is 18 going on 19. Yeah. How about you, Robin? Um, my parents, my father died about six years ago and my mom died two years ago. So, but they were, I have no stories to share. They were awesome. <laughs> they were awesome. <laughs> they were. That, that's what I wanted. That's my yeah. mission. I want my kids and they're like, well, you know, one time I wanted to, I wanted, you know, the the supreme uh package at Disneyland, the skip the line pass uh-huh. and dad didn't get it and they're bitching about that. Totally. Then I'll go shut up. Yes. Shut. Yes. I was an amazing father, yep. okay? Yeah. I didn't see there was a uh a time I didn't see my dad for 16 years at some point and then I saw him at the tail end of his life. I last time I saw him 
as like uh, my senior year of college, he showed up at our dorms. My, my I'm sorry, what? not my senior year, freshman year. Drives up. I don't know what he was doing in in Nevada. And he stayed the night. It was Thanksgiving in our dorms. What? what? Yeah. Oh my God. Talk about boundary issues. And get this. You That's wanna... so bizarre. All right. So I feel, I feel uh, bad for the audience going like, oh, Pat always comes in here and like whines about his horrible childhood. I had an amazing childhood otherwise, but I can talk about these fuck ups. <laughs> my dad. It doesn't sound that great otherwise, by the way. <laughs> well, you know what? As a I kid. Mean, maybe in comparison to the dad, but. My life was about friends. Friends that I still have to this day. Kids. Okay. I, yeah. I, friends that I made in the third grade on the school bus are still the people that I talk to. Um, so my dad sits me on the couch. Get this one. And I shared this with my mother. In your dorm? Week. This is the in same visit? Now, had dorm. you okay. not spoken to him for 16 years prior to this? Or no. was the 16 years coming So he this? disappeared when I was three. And then I would see him maybe once a year. He'd drop off a Christmas present or because he'd always live in different states. Um, and then I did live with him for about six months in 1990 because my mom moved to England for a little while. And uh, he hated that. And I rarely saw him uh, at the house. But then, uh, yeah, so that was kind of like, he, oh, he told me that he was selling the house, so I needed to leave. And so then my mom had to rush back to England so that I could have somewhere to stay to finish up, I think, my junior or sophomore year that year. And so that is the last time I saw him until my freshman year of college where he just I mean, ju- just back up for like one moment. Can you imagine in any universe telling your kids i gotta sell the house so i don't like figure it out oh you want to can you fucking imagine all right get hold on take one more break let's take oh i got a story oh good i mean not good but i got a story tell it (laughs) so he doesn't actually sell the house i am now living with my mother in a one-bedroom apartment on a cot in the living room so i can't even have friends over the because I basically am sleeping in a one bedroom. I'm embarrassed. And I remember my mom's like, hey, she heard me bitching about it and with a friend on the phone. She's like, look at it. It's like, it's half full, not half empty. I was like, all right, mom. So, <laughs> which you have apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. I was going to say, you're a pretty positive guy. <laughs> well, you have to be. So, I, um, so it's junior year of high school and, you know, we're starting to drink beers and stuff. I remember that I'd hid a 12 pack of Bud Light in my dad's house in a, in I think a closet or somewhere. So my friend, John drives me over there cause he has a car mm-hmm. <laughs> and no one's supposed to be home cause the house is for sale or something. So I sneak in through the attic on the East coast. There's attics. I crawl through a crawl space and I'm going to go up the stairs and which would open to the kitchen. So by the way, I can totally relate to needing beer that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I walk up the stairs and it's like a scene from, uh, where's that Pulp Fiction where uh, Bruce Willis feels so fucking comfortable that he's going to eat a Pop-Tart or something, but there's yeah. like two people trying to kill him in his apartment. So I kind of nonchalantly just walk up going, oh, coast is clear. No one's here. I open the da- door and my dad is in a pink dress in heels with a wig on in earrings. What? And there's a guy sitting in his underwear at the dinner table. And my dad was just pulling open the oven because something was cooking. This is at three in the afternoon. So are you sure this wasn't a fever dream? No, this is real. Because there's some information that came later. Wow. So the door opens. I go, dad, what's going on here? 
why are you in a dress? And he said, it's a Halloween. Mm. And I said, it's April. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you got to go. Mm. So, um, you know, no judgment. I, uh, but very, a lot did of confusion. Did you get the beer? I did not get the beer. I just <laughs> got in the car. Like, give me one second. I think I dropped something. So what did your friends say? I was going to say, I did not, I didn't tell a soul. In fact, I didn't start sharing this to people outside of my family. Cause I, at some point, Oh, you want to talk about East coast and East coasters and their fucking sense of humor. So I share this with my brother, Mark, who is God, he's got a weird sense of humor. And I asked my mom about it and she said, well, one time I woke up when we were first dating and I saw your dad and he was dressed in my clothes in my heels. Hmm. And he just, and I said, Peter, what are you doing? And he said, I just like the way it feels. Mm -hmm. No judgment. Uh, and I, and I do mean shaming here. Yeah, no, not at all. And so then my uncle Barry was his coworker at a company called digital, which I think got bought by like, I don't know, like, uh, what's one of the big computer companies? Anyway, HP. back in the 80s, this was Dell. a huge, a Texas Instruments or something, huge company. And my uncle shared with me that my dad, who was like a high-level person at this company, who had actually no, like, and this is just adults telling me this as a kid, and this is me sharing it, as I remember it being told me. My dad was essentially a social climber through having sex with other men at oh, the company interesting. and they flew huh. him around the world. So I had surmised that possibly, and he shouldn't have felt this way. Even back then, my mom raised me as someone who was just understanding and, and just everyone's lives, you know? And so I surmised that my father was probably trying to hide this cause he didn't think I'd understand mm -hmm. or whatever. But, um, that's why he didn't like you living with him. Probably because he couldn't live his life mm -hmm. like that. He was always gone, never yeah. there. It was so weird. I had the whole house to myself. I'd never had that kind of freedom before. Um, so wait, so this was before though he showed up at your dorm? Oh, sorry. Or after? So, <laughs> yeah, let's get back to the okay, dorm now. So we don't talk. That's the last time I see him. Uh, stays at the dorm. We're sitting on the couch. And a couple of my roommates had decided to stay through Thanksgiving. They loved it because he went out and bought us booze. He hooked us up. So a bunch mm -hmm. of 19 year olds. Uh, I remember it was the first time I ever tried wild turkey, which is completely disgusting. So, and he also bought Thanksgiving dinner for everybody. So he sleep. I, I guess he decides he's going to sleep in our dorm with us and we're drinking and he shares with me just like off the cuff. Like you tell somebody that your favorite flavor of cake is chocolate. He says, you know, I didn't want to have you. Oh God. And, and I was like, really? And he said, oh. yeah, I tried talking to your mom to get an abortion, but she wouldn't do it. I was like, Oh my God. Why would someone say that? And then when my mom was out here like three weeks ago, I actually, this is weird. All right. So my mom coming out here three weeks ago, by the way, if the audience doesn't like me, they're going to hate this podcast. <laughs> um, Why your mom? So your mom came out like your mom made the, the trip. My mom made the trip finally because she had had a stroke in late 2018. She was a tough woman, but she was now scared and had panic attacks and would not get on a plane. Aww. Then COVID happened, but she finally made it out here. I'm just comparing it to the Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, she, oh yes. The, my not, mom. Yeah. But not during the birth. She no. Come for the birth. She came out basically for the baby shower and Aww. which meant some, it meant a lot to me. She could have timed it out to come out for the birth. I kind of preferred, 
you know, cause she's 80 and, and whatnot. Just come out and have a good time. Yeah. And I kind of looked at it and we took lots of pictures is I'll see my mom again, but I think this is probably the last time she'll be here. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure we captured it. I took her, we went out to uh paradise cove we had the baby shower we went out to see cool and the gang at the hollywood bowl in boxes and just tried to make the best four days out of it as we could well and then you could um spend time with her and not caring for a new baby exactly right it was more about kind of like closing a door in a way mm-hmm. i think so my mom had said yeah basically when you weren't a girl and this is such a shithead guy th- excuse he he was done when you when he found out you were a boy he he was done i was like oh nice. well i'm glad i asked <laughs> wow. wow but yeah so he told you that after the door why am i so stuck on the dorm thing he came out he stayed in the dorm you know he why? told me because it's reminding me of um what was that documentary yes yes the where dad the dad like out moved. of prison and then moves into the um yeah like starts college, a cult, I'm, basically. Con- I'm connected to that story oh my so God. that's the it- lawrence family that own that academy the lawrence's their son is the famous tv producer Bill Lawrence that created Ted Lasso. Wait, is wait. So my wife is the personal assistant of his wife. So wait, so Sarah Lawrence, the college, mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about. Is the Lawrence family owns that college? They and own Bill it. Lawrence is the son. Bill Lawrence is the son. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That was a crazy story. Crazy story. So that I remember when that was taking place. That was well, that was forever ago. But um But that dad of the girl oh, yeah. showed up at the dorm uh-huh. and was just like, Hey guys, hey, let party. me buy some beer and some dinner. And, and um, I'm just going to stay a while. That brought back memories when uh, I watched that talk. Definitely. I bet. Yeah. It's so, weird similarity. So he only stayed one night, one night. And th- you don't think that that's the last time you're going to see him. So then I'm in my senior year of college and I and was always talking see him for another, like, three- no, but it's in, he lives in Florida. Now he's living with my grandmother, by the way, spending all her money. Oh, geez. Oh. So I'm in touch with my grandmother. We write letters where there's phone calls and she would talk about what a piece of crap he was. And she'd say, Peter, get on the phone, talk to your son. So the plan is my senior year, everyone goes away for spring break. I was waiting for a plane ticket for the, to go down there to hang out with them spring break. So I get a call from my dad on the, it's like the Thursday before, you know, you're supposed to get Monday or whatever, a few days before spring break would happen. He tells me the plane ticket isn't coming because my grandmother's in the hospital. And so we got to cancel the trip. So I spent the entire week basically hanging out by myself. There were a couple people there, but it was a shitty spring break. So a week later I call when I think he's not going to be there because he, I knew he would, would go fishing uh, during the day quite a bit. And she picked up the phone and I said, Grammy, are you okay? And she said, what, what do you mean? I'm mm-hmm. fine. I said, you weren't in the hospital. She said, no. Oh, wow. So I said, fuck it. No more letters to that asshole. I'm not going to pretend writing, giving him Christmas cards. I don't see him for 16 years. Hmm. 2007. I get a phone call. I'm in Los Angeles. Would you like to meet? And he, do you know where the Fox and Hound bar is? Yes. Yeah. He says, I'm at a place called the Fox and Hound. Would you come meet me? And I said, yes. And I, I saw him maybe once a year for three years and then he passed. Hmm. And I, I flew down to Florida for one day in the hospital to kind of think I was going to say goodbye. I got on the plane, had a couple of Pinot Grigios, got off the plane, drove home, not drove home, took a taxi, fell asleep, woke up. His girlfriend said he died. Hmm. And that was it. Wow. 
He had a girlfriend? Yeah. Well, that's, well, I'll save that for another <laughs> FCL. That is a crazy one. That is a, I'll save that for another FCL. Yeah. I, I share my, see, we can't do this on a podcast. All we do is talk about super reality TV. I you mean, know? so. I know. Thanks so for this much. therapy session, by the way. Thank you for this therapy wow. session. Oh my gosh. So in conclusion, Cherie's mom kind of being a deadbeat. Yep. All the parents Gone. kind of like it's no help. Blown away. Blown that away. is a bummer. Bummer. But you're you were saying before we started that Cherie's like doing well. Her mood is good. Oh, yeah. Like all right. So I didn't realize. So how much do you guys what do you think of this? I think when kids are born. 80% of who they are just comes out. I I would agree with that. It use, It's either nurture nature, mm-hmm. right? 50-50. I yeah. think it's more they are who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Elliot came out as a tornado. <laughs> I remember the first night we brought her home, I, Sharia and I are looking at each other like, what the hell did we get ourselves into? She th- was throwing the pacifier. We took turns ho- holding it in her mouth all night long. <laughs> we finally had to get the snoo that we rented just to put her to sleep. The second she could start talking, she was stepping, like trying to attack the dogs just in, in a fun way. And she is a, she's a nightmare, a nightmare. Quentin sleeps through the night. We have to wake him up. And I don't have a favorite. I actually like the crazy. But I am hoping that he's mellow. And right now, it's, it seems that he is going to be a very mellow, nice, gentle kid. And she is a hurricane. Right. Good balance. That's interesting. Xander was re- was pretty mellow kid. Uh, pretty like didn't get ruffled very easily. And Sadie was already like, I would tell John, I'm like, this kid never smiles. Like, she's just like... Yeah, Jack was very earnest. That's the word we use, like an old man. And to get him to nap, we had to swaddle him to within an inch of his life and put him in a swing full blast and turn on a blow dryer. That's <laughs> As the sound machine? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know you can buy those these days. I, <laughs> it, it wasn't loud enough. Really? I swear to God, it had to be so extreme for that kid to, like, shut down. Give me hope, guys. So now, obviously, you have teenagers. You did I see a post? He's a senior in college. Insane. Yeah. And your yeah, my twins are fifteen, and they'll they'll be sixteen in November. Well, don't don't you think? I think every age is more fun. Like I keep thinking I'm at my favorite age, and then the next year is better. I think it just gets better. Even though Elliot is a tornado, it still cracks me up. Mm -hmm. She's three and a half, and it's just kind of fun. Like. I got on a FaceTime with her today and she goes, daddy's on the phone. And she goes, no, <laughs> like a movie and just walked out of the frame. It's like, Hey, Hey, I- three, oh, three and four, I think are tough ages. You do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think five, uh, better. Yeah, five so is sweet. I thought five was like that. The wizard of Oz, like it goes from black and white to color. I was like, Oh, this is why people have kids. Like five felt like LB was like a kid. Like, and, and I had, you know, and of course when she was three, I had two more babies. So it was, it was extra hard. So I didn't enjoy it that much. Cause it was just like very stressful and overwhelming. But I just remember her being five and being like, oh my God, she's so fun. Like she's has converse, she has actual conversations. Her. She's like makes little jokes. Like she, you can reason with her. Like I like that. Now I've been listening to you for eight years. So yeah. obviously there's also the ups and downs of like the emotions and the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's just a lot different having teenagers. I mean, 
like I miss, I, even though I complained about it nonstop, I miss like the, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like I, like it was like so much fun. I mean, I, Halloween was a big deal and all the things like, that's just not a thing. Like they're so independent. Has your schedule changed as far as how your life is? Like right now, everything on the weekend is about the kids and just making sure they have fun and whatever. And then obviously during the week, it's, if there's not a nanny there, you're doing something for the kids right now. Have you had to restructure your life? Because I assume you No, I forget my kids are there. Like it'll be a Saturday and it'll be noon and I will have done like a bunch of stuff and on the computer. And then I'll be like, where if they ate? Are they, did they, <laughs> are they even awake? And I'll go, and John, are they, have you seen either of our kids yet? Because LB will be out. Like she's at work. Like she'll get up before we do and go to work and be gone for nine hours. And then, yeah. And then come home and have plans. Like all I know is life 360 tells me LB arrived at home. LB left home. LB arrived at home. And I'm like, I don't know. And yeah, and then Sadie and Xander are busy. I mean, we do have to drive them more places now. They've gotten more social right. this year. So they but, that's, but I'm happy about that because it's like they get to a certain age and then you're not allowed to entertain them anymore because they don't really want to be with you doing stuff. They want to be with their friends. But then if they don't have friends and stuff to do, then they're sad. Right. So well, we were also just talking about the driving thing. You know, that's when you talk to your kids when they're right. teenagers. Yeah. So that's where you catch up. You kind of miss when they start driving, you know, not getting to be with them in the car. So like I just had a good time. It's all I was, good. I was telling all Robin faces. going to the mall with Xander and we had like such a fun time. Like and he was trying on dress clothes and it was like a couple hours of, you know, he was kind of frustrated with how stuff was fitting. And I was like, I related to being that age, you know, just the, a little awkward age. And, you know, it was like super fun. And he makes me laugh. And I was like, this is nice. We mm-hmm. should do this some other time. <laughs> you know, I miss it. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm having, I'm with you guys. I'm having fun with all the stages. I think it's going to get, start getting really, really fun with Ellie because she's insane. And then the boy's going to be mellow, hopefully. And then, <laughs> yes. And now I feel like, you know, I'm an old dad and I have, I told Shri, I go, we got to stay healthy because it's just you and me. We got to stay healthy for these kids, you know? Um, That's so hard. What do you it's, mean? Just knowing that it's just, just us. Yeah, like that's yeah. how John and I feel. I mean, John's parents have both passed. I have my brother and sister-in-law, but you know, I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. So like. We still have a piece of paper of God forbid something happened to us. Where would the kids go? Think about that. Where yeah. would they go? And have you filled it out? Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a friend of mine that I've known for 22 years. Him and his wife, they live one block away from here. Um, and yeah, we put them in as the guardians. We, we don't let them know that we have huge life insurance policies cause they might have us murdered. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, um, yeah. Cause oh I was gosh. the guardian for one of my best friends, kids on her, yeah. but you know, they're 26 and 30 now. So it was our best choice to look out for, mm-hmm. for the kids. Yep. Well, on that note, this has been so lovely, Patrick. Mm. We loved having you. You were going to maybe bring Cherie, but she didn't. Yeah, want she it. was laying in there. She offered to come out, and I was just like, oh, let's feel it out. If I if we start talking a lot about the babies and stuff, I'll just text you. She was willing to come out. I wanted to talk about some documentaries, but I guess I'll have to come on another time. We'll do it again. We'll do a crossover. We'll do an extra episode that you can put on Bad TV, and we'll put on, yeah. Sounds great. One That'd question. Betrayal. Yes. 
Did we ever talk to his first wife? Because I want to understand what the fuck was going on. There. I'm in the middle of it right now. Okay. Is that the child porn one? Uh, season two? No, it, no, season one, they did the documentary on Hulu. Oh. It's this scumbag who, it, it, well, the first episode, really, I'll wrap this up in a minute, is called Fairy Tale. It was a love, like a lo- two kids loved each other in high school or college. They break up. They find each other 20 some odd years later. The, the woman is a successful TV producer out here. He stayed kind of close to a hometown. He's now divorced and they get this whirlwind back together. And it's this, it's, there should be a movie made about them finding each other. That's part one. Part two is what this scumbag's up to. Oh no. Right. I set that up. Right. He's like basically living a double life. I mean, he is a teacher. And this is on Hulu. It's on Hulu. I, it's tough. Yeah. He's sleeping with one of his students, a teenager, a six, like a 16 year old student. He was a telemarketer for sex as well. He's got feelers out there constantly. Former students. And he's a teacher. And a teacher. So he'd reach out to students. He's a nice teacher. Yeah, he was voted teacher of the year two times in a year. Meanwhile, he also owns, with his wife, a wine bar in town. He's having sex with everybody at the wine bar. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. I just, it's a crazy doc. It's hard to recommend like such disturbing content. Oh, that's my kind of show though. Right. I'll it's watch good. It. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yes. We'll get to, we'll do that for right. bad TV crossover. Oh yeah. Yes. So can we plug my podcast? Yeah, of course. Okay. I don't know if we need if, unless you're a diehard Below Deck fan, Kaylin produces that show. It's another Below Deck podcast. We talk exclusively or of about uh Below Deck. I would um, like to point out also that it's like the Below Deck recap podcast. Like all of the cast members of Below Deck listen to their uh-huh. show. And really? oh, yeah, they reach out for interviews. Like, oh, yeah, they're the Below Deck oh, recap podcast. I don't even Let's, watch Below Deck and I listen to your podcast. Do you really? Because it's hilarious. Oh, I was you. a huge fan of it even before yeah. they hired me on to produce it. I need it's to fantastic. start watching Below Deck. Oh, yeah. But where do I start? Um, just we, they start a new season in like three weeks with the, oh, and okay. we actually have the main chief stew we interviewed him about three weeks ago he lays down so much tea on that show that he he will get in trouble we had to edit it down but we still left some oh, good wow. stuff there. uh he talks major shit about the cast it's amazing <laughs> but if you want to hear us just talk about reality tv in general like 90 day fiance or love is blind that's bad tv podcast and my host dylan is super funny and kaylin produces it all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Do you have an Instagram you want to plug? Uh, I think it's just, what is Insta- what's the Instagram? Another Below Deck podcast? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't care about Instagram. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, thanks, Patrick. We love you. Thanks Patrick for having us. Thanks, Patrick. Love you guys, too. Thanks, Robin. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.